Hello, and welcome to A Well-Read Life. This is a place to share stories about good books and the reading life. I'm your host, Beth Jamison. Join me as I meander through my reading journey and discover the books that make up A Well-Read Life. He is one of the greatest writers of all time. His plays, which were written centuries ago, are still performed today. He wrote sonnets and plays that cross genres, comedies, histories, and tragedies. His language is beautiful and his stories capture the breadth of human nature. His plays are compelling, murders, intrigues, sword fights, and epic love stories. He is William Shakespeare. May's children's book recommendation is A Stage Full of Shakespeare Stories by Angela McAllister and illustrated by Alice Lindstrom. It is a wonderful collection of Shakespeare's most famous plays, Hamlet, Romeo and Juliet, Macbeth, Tempest, and A Midsummer's Night's Dream, to name a few. Each story, illustrated with bright and colorful collages, retell the plays in clear, concise language, easy for children to understand, while still maintaining the beauty of Shakespeare's words. This book is new to me, and over the past few weeks, I've enjoyed revisiting old favorites through its pages. Although I've read several of Shakespeare's works adapted for children, I found this collection to be one of the most charming and closest adaptations of its stories. It is the perfect way to introduce a child to Shakespeare. My first introduction to Shakespeare was at dusk on a Texas summer evening. I was five and the play was Hamlet. Earlier that evening, my mom and aunt loaded their cars with their many children blankets, coolers, and baskets of food, and drove downtown. Once at the park, we spread the blankets on the ground and feasted on grapes, strawberry cream cheese, ambrosia to us, and other such picnic delicacies. Others, too, had their picnics spread on the lawn. The general excitement of a summer evening pervaded the crowd. I watched as a group of children slid down a hill on cardboard boxes. The smell of bug spray perfumed the air. As the sun set, the actors took the stage. The performance, except the end, is hazy now, but that last scene is seared into my memory. It was the sword fight between Hamlet and Laertes. Two men on stage, stripped of their fine costumes down to breeches and shirts, sweat-drenched and fighting a desperate battle. What happened next has haunted my imagination for years. Queen Gertrude emerged from the shadows in a fine purple dress, a spotlight on her. She took up a poison goblet, paused for a moment, and drank. I watched in shock and wonder. Where the dialogue had failed me, the action transported me into an epic tragedy. On the drive home that night, the night sky magnificent through the car window, I asked my mom the question that had been puzzling me. Why did that queen drink the poison? What I was really asking, though, was what was this new type of play I had seen, where nearly everyone dies at the end? I had never witnessed tragedy on the scale before. That first summer evening marked the start of a new tradition. For the remainder of our time in Texas, every summer, my mom and aunt, siblings and cousins would take a picnic and see the comedy and tragedy performances for the season at Shakespeare in the Park. We looked forward to it all year. After we moved to Georgia without a Shakespeare in the Park in our area, we had to look for other ways to watch Shakespeare, through movies mostly. But one day, while at the library, I came across an adaptation of Shakespeare's stories by Bernard Miles, illustrated by Victor Ambrose. Here, the beautiful, poetic language 
was broken down for me in a way that I understood. I checked these books out often, reading and rereading them until the stories were familiar. These books were my training wheels until I could better grasp the language. To be honest, it's something I still struggle with. That doesn't stop me from loving it. I was enthralled with the stories and sometimes horrified. In the tales of Macbeth, Othello, Hamlet, and Julius Caesar, I saw the fruit of jealousy, greed, lust, revenge, and hate. I remember reading the tragedies, by this time familiar with them, and hoping that the characters would turn back before it was too late, that Hamlet would never have seen the ghost of his father, that Macbeth would not listen to the witch's prophecy, and that Othello would ignore the malicious lies of Iago. But if they had, would the stories have been as compelling to me? Gathered in our living room as a family when I was a child to watch Henry V or Much Ado About Nothing, or those first summers at Shakespeare in the Park, or sitting enthralled at the illustrations of Victor Ambrose, I was introduced to one of the greatest storytellers the world has ever known. It is my wish that this book will open up the same door for the children in your life. And now, here's more about the story. I think that Shakespeare should be read predominantly for pleasure. At least that's the way I was introduced to him, and it worked. In his plays, beautiful language and popular drama are married. These works don't belong solely to scholars. They were never intended to be studied only. Remember, they were written to be performed for the common person as well as kings. I am by no means a Shakespearean scholar or expert, but his plays have had a profound impact on my life, on how I view the world, and how I look at a story. I am of the opinion that children should be introduced to Shakespeare early and often. Children can benefit greatly from reading his works, and even the most reluctant child can learn to love Shakespeare's stories. His stories can be enjoyed by the very young or old, with some content modified for the young. And this is why I want to recommend Angela McAllister's book, A Stage Full of Shakespeare's Stories, to introduce young children to his work. I'll include a brief list of a few titles at the end of the episode for older children. I've purposely looked for a book for younger readers as a stepping stone, although I would recommend this book for any age. I've enjoyed reading through it immensely. It helps give a basic foundation of the stories, and where able, she has retained the original language, usually directly quoting in dialogue. The book is illustrated, and the illustrations help build the necessary drama into each story. I've heard it argued that Shakespeare should be watched on the stage and not read, and whether I am sold on this argument or not, the artwork is able to convey the drama and action that would normally be seen on the stage. I'd like to talk about the layout of the book first, because it helps enhance the stories. There are 12 adapted Shakespeare plays included in this book, six tragedies and six comedies. The stories are kept to about 10 pages each, which keeps little attention spans from wandering. Each story has a title page with a lovely collage of the play and a famous quote, again to familiarize the young reader with the language as well as the story. And something that is extremely helpful, each story includes an illustrated cast of characters, which allows the young reader to keep track of the main characters. As I've mentioned earlier, there are full-color illustrations throughout each story, which supplement the action that would take place throughout the play. The collage illustrations hold endless fascination. It's amazing to see the range of shapes, facial expressions, and emotion produced from cut paper. A portrait of Shakespeare is especially well done. The back of the book gives a brief biography of William Shakespeare, along with a full list of his plays and a short summary of each play included in it. As I've said, the layout of the book helps to enhance the stories, and it also gives the feeling of watching a performance through its pages. 
This is one of the strengths of this particular adaptation. It gives the child reader an experience almost like seeing the play. Another strength of this book is that Angela McAllister spares us from the adapted author's opinions. She doesn't state a character's motives. She shows them to us, just as they would be presented if we watched the play. The child isn't told that Iago is evil, but they learn it from his actions and words. Likewise, she doesn't state Lady Macbeth's ambition to the reader. She lets Lady Macbeth speak for herself and the child to draw their own conclusion. I have great admiration for a writer who treats a young audience's intelligence with so much respect. She also doesn't stray from the original story, adding unnecessary detail from her own imagination. These are criticisms that I have of other adaptations. Unfortunately, those other adaptations sometimes talk down and over-explain the story or add in their own details to embellish it. I still enjoy those books, but I find them distracting if a child hasn't been introduced to Shakespeare before. It is refreshing that she remains true to the stories while still making them engaging. The plays chosen for the book are some of Shakespeare's most well-known works. Hamlet, King Lear, Romeo and Juliet, Twelfth Night, The Tempest, Much Ado About Nothing, and the ones mentioned earlier in the summary. The comedies are told with a light touch, as they originally were done. They are a good balance to the heavier tragedies and serve as a reminder that mirth and joy are equally important in life. They carry a surprising amount of depth as well. There are still villainous characters who seek to ruin the good people in the play. They are very real threats, like miniature Lucifer sprinkled throughout the stories, bent on ruining the happiness of others. But they are also defeated, and a wedding comes at the end to celebrate. As for the tragedies, they have weight and truth to them, deep pain and pathos. To give full disclosure, the violence is retained here, but it isn't gratuitous, and it is never glorified. Those who engage in it always come to a bad end. Plays like Macbeth and Othello show children about the reality of evil in the world. But for all the tragedy and heartbreak, the stories do not leave us without hope because they stir up in us a desire for redemption for the characters. As I read this book, to my surprise, I found myself gravitating to the tragedies. Can I give a quick confession, though? All the tragedies except Romeo and Juliet. I don't know what that says about me but I've never connected with that particular play. Perhaps it was the time in which I read the tragedies, but oddly, they gave me comfort. The comedies were not as engaging, whereas the tragedies brought back those old feelings from childhood. My silent warnings for Macbeth and Hamlet to turn back before it was too late returned. I grieved over Othello's story as I never have before and soberly thought of the evil of Iago. I questioned if Brutus did the right thing and sorrowed over his fate. I went to my bookshelves and pulled off my copies of Shakespeare's plays to read portions of Othello and Julius Caesar. Othello, Brutus, Macbeth, Hamlet, I longed for the redemption of these characters who had committed such grievous offenses. Did they deserve it? Certainly not. But just as I had done as a child, I hoped for them to have it all the same. Beautiful language aside, this is the most wonderful thing I find about Shakespeare's plays but they stir up that desire in our hearts for redemption and reconciliation with our fellow man and God, something that we can never be reminded of too much. Charles and Mary Lamb wrote one of the first adapted works of Shakespeare plays for children, and in the preface to the book, they wrote what they hoped the plays would become to the reader and what they had already meant to the writers. It's a sentiment worth quoting here. What these tales shall have been to the young readers, that and much more it is the writer's wish that the true plays of Shakespeare may prove to them in older years. 
enrichers of the fancy, strengtheners of virtue, a withdrawing from all selfish and mercenary thoughts, a lesson of all sweet and honorable thoughts and actions, to teach courtesy, benignity, generosity, humanity. For of examples, teaching these virtues, his pages are full. This has been my experience with reading Shakespeare, and it is my hope that it will be the experience for many children of this generation. I first learned about human nature from Shakespeare's plays. I learned about the depths of evil which are born from jealousy, revenge, greed, and hatred. Few are immune to its powers, the plays tell us. His tragedies and his comedies caused me to question motives and desires and fostered my imagination and curiosity. I cut my teeth on these stories alongside my Sunday school lessons. They were tangible pictures of our need for redemption. They helped me to understand this need, and in a way, they made me long for redemption in the human heart even more. Read this book to introduce children to the wonderful world of Shakespeare, a world that is enchanting, mysterious, eerie, odd, tragic, full of pageantry, violence, heartbreak, truth, and beauty. Read it for the insight into human nature. Even in an adapted version, it rings true. May it spark the imagination of the children in your life and begin a lifelong love affair for them. I mentioned earlier about other adaptations of Shakespeare's works for older children. Here are a few. Tales of Shakespeare by Charles and Mary Lamb, the quintessential adaptation of Shakespeare for children. The language is a little difficult to grasp, so this is why I don't recommend it as a first introduction. Favorite Tales from Shakespeare and Well-Loved Tales from Shakespeare by Bernard Miles, illustrated by Victor Ambrose. These were my favorite Shakespeare books to read in late elementary age. Some of the content is a little mature, so bear that in mind when reading to younger children. Bernard Miles also takes some license embellishing and adding details to the plot. Chop Bard. This is a podcast, but I think it would be great for the older high school age. A Shakespearean actor takes one Shakespeare play and goes through it line by line. I personally love this podcast and highly recommend it. Well, that's all for this week. I'll be back in two weeks for my second book recommendation for May. If you want to connect during the week, I'm at WellReadBeth on Instagram. Until next time. 